Booga booga booga. Did I scare you? Shout out Courage the Cowardly Dog. It is October 31st, Halloween. Welcome to another episode of Poking Life. We have a spooky edition of Poking Life this week. Uh, We have uh, my guest Chris on. Uh, Chris is actually a member of an all-women's paranormal investigating team. Uh, We talk about how she got into that. I know why she finds the paranormal so interesting. We talk whether or not ghosts are real. Uh, you know, we talk about some of the experiences that she's had doing this. And it really is a great episode. Uh, it was the first person that I had on that I didn't know beforehand. So it was great just uh, uh, getting to meet someone and just talk about their passion. I figured that this is what this show is all about. Wanted to drop it on Halloween because figured during coronavirus, you might not have a party to go to. Uh, you might not be able to go trick-or-treating. Uh, so maybe you can just uh, enjoy this episode of Poking Life. So without further ado, enjoy Chris. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks so much. Uh, It's definitely really exciting to have you on. Thank you, Eddie. I appreciate you having me tonight. Uh, No worries. No worries at all. It's actually interesting. You're the you're the first guest that um, I've had on the show um, that I haven't met. So this is actually our first time meeting. Um, So definitely nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Yeah. So just so a a little bit of background to anyone that's listening. um, We had actually met on a on a Facebook group that we're both uh, that we're both in. Um, and, you know, I had talked about my podcast a little bit and Chris was in the group and she just seemed like a great fit to have on. So so here we are. Yeah, here we are. And we're gonna have some fun. I, I really enjoy talking about this. And again, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Awesome. Awesome. So definitely the reason that, um, you know, the definitely the reason that you you stuck out when we started talking was um, you'd mentioned that you had started this project called Soul Sisters Paranormal. Mm-hmm. And you're very into um, the paranormal side of things, the spooky side of things. So it's definitely a great time to talk about that. We're into October now. Um, so yeah, could you just tell me a little bit about just a little bit of background about what Soul Sisters Paranormal is. Absolutely. So what we are is we're an all-female paranormal investigation group, and we travel around the country and look for historical locations that we can do a very extensive historical research on and then go in and investigate that location for any evidence of paranormal activity, anything compelling that we can explain after we control for environmental factors. So if we control for light, noise, sound, pollution, and all of that, anything that we're left with, we call compelling paranormal uh, evidence. And and that's what we report on. And so we've been doing this since 2013. It actually started as a girl's trip um, with my sisters and I. We live in different parts of the country. So we we always get together a few times a year to just kind of meet up and have a a fun sister and girl weekend. And in 2013, we were going to go to Moundsville, West Virginia, and we had a friend of the family sitting on the board of the West Virginia State Penitentiary, which is reported to be one
one of the, lo- the most haunted locations in America. And he said, why don't y'all come up when you're here and stay the night in the prison um, one night when you're here? And we jumped at that opportunity. So we had to, we had a couple of voice recorders, a couple of digital cameras, and we spent the night in the West Virginia State Penitentiary and came a- a- away with such compelling uh, evidence, what we felt was compelling evidence, that we really wanted to formalize a, a professional paranormal investigation group. That's awesome. That is such a great, uh, that's such a great, uh, like kickoff to the group. I feel like that must've been a, a crazy night. It was, it was, we had, uh, you know, we were hearing doors slamming in, in cell blocks when we knew that nobody was there. Um, we were actually up in the second floor infirmary, which is, it's, it's, um, it's a long, narrow corridor that has doctor's offices, what were former doctor's offices on each side of this corridor. And it's accessed on either end by these big concrete and steel stairways. And that's the only way up or down. So we were sitting right in the middle of this hallway in this corridor and we were, it was, it's pitch dark and we were saying things like, you know, come up and take your medicine. It's time for your appointment. And we were hearing footsteps running up the stairs. Uh, they were loud enough that we felt that something was going to materialize through the darkness. And of course, nothing ever did. Um, so th- that to us was extremely compelling because there was nobody else in the building. And uh, so we, we had that. We had, again, those doors slamming. We were catching voices on our voice recorders. So again, to us, it was, it was just a, a very compelling night. And we wanted to just start to delve into this further. So again, we formalized Soul Sisters Paranormal um, because we we really wanted to kind of bring a sense of professionalism as as best we could to what I consider a subculture, uh, i.e., paranormal investigations. Um, so we wanted to kind of elevate it if we could. For so for when we when we talk to people, when we speak about what we do, we can bring that sense of of of, of academia research of, of professionalism into the realm of paranormal investigations. That's awesome. So it, it actually on your site said that, you know, you came from different backgrounds and you've all been, um, you know, established in your fields. Mm-hmm. One of your group members has a PhD. So um, yeah, that, that just seems like uh, it's great that you're trying to bring that uh, level of, uh, like you said, studiousness to it. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, we two of us have a PhD and then two of us have JDs and then one of us has a master's degree. So we all have advanced degrees um, in, in, uh, on the team. And again, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, we've, we've always been around um, higher education. We've always been around research method. And, and so we wanted to, again, bring that knowledge into what we do on the paranormal side. So for example, when we go to a location, the first thing that we do is we will absolutely research the historical narrative of that location and and find compelling information that our audience may not know about or um, the, the facts and figures that they may not have heard before because we really want the history of the location to drive um, our videos. So even if you don't believe in the paranormal or, you know, it's not something that you're interested in, you can still watch our videos and, and get a very cool uh, historical story of the location before any of the paranormal side is mentioned. So we wanted to really bring that to the forefront. And then when we go into these locations after our research, um, again, we control for as much as we can those environmental pollutions such as um, noise. Uh, we, we take copious notes on, is there any uh, air airline traffic? Is there any train traffic around? Do the neighbors have dogs? You know, anything that during the investigation, if we hear it, we can say, okay, that's that's not 
paranormal, we can explain that away. Um, and, and then we, we take notes on where we can set up our equipment and, and where that's going to look, how that's going to look during the investigation, where we're going to set up cameras, where we're going to set up voice recorders. So it's very research driven from the, from the very start of each of these investigations. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, it gives you, you know, uh, some legitimacy to where you're not just a random group of people, you know, running around in the woods, you know, looking for <laughs> ghosts. Uh, you know, I, I think that it definitely, it's good that you're not looking at it with a lens of like, uh, you know, you have the the story set in your mind. Mm -hmm. You're just uh, looking for the, you're looking for the evidence. Cause I feel like a lot of, when I think of like paranormal stuff, mm -hmm. um, a lot of stories that I hear, uh, it's like, well, I don't know if that's a ghost, but I'm like, well, what is, uh, what are, what are the other possible explanations? And there really aren't, uh, sometimes there aren't any explanations, it seems like. So, uh, you know, I can, I could perhaps be persuaded uh, to believe in some, in some cases. <laughs> well, and, and you're right, to your point, you know, we, we do go in with a very healthy skepticism to each of the locations that we go into. Um, and, and again, if we can explain it away, then we're absolutely going to do that. So for example, we had a, a business guy, he contacted us and said, uh, you know, I, I'm convinced that my, my store is haunted. I, I need you to come in. I want you to, to do an investigation because I'm 100% convinced that there's something going on here at night after we lock the doors and leave um, my night vision video cameras are going off and so I'm just convinced that there's something here so I said absolutely not a problem we'll go and do that so his storefront is such that um, it, it's all glass it's all glass storefront and it's a longer building so instead of going out it goes in so you've got this glass storefront and then he had mirrors along the wall and such and then he had display cases so we had his night vision video cameras set up in the corners each of the corners of his of his store and so when we went in we did that in that nighttime investigation and we we weren't getting anything on our equipment we weren't feeling anything you know nothing in, in our immediate vicinity moved none of that was occurring um and so we left some night vision video cameras that night and we locked the doors and we left so when we came back the next morning i was speaking to him and i said did any of your cameras go off? And he's like, oh, yes, you know, things were messing with it last night. They were going off and on. And I said, okay, give me those timestamps. And so he did. And then I went and cross-referenced that with the night vision cameras that we had set up. And what I found was his storefront was situated in such a way that the road outside, a lot of people made U-turns there on that corner. So when they made those U-turns at night, the headlights would go into his storefront, bounce off the mirror, and essentially blind his night vision video camera to where it would turn off the night vision. And then once the car passed, it would click back on. So when you saw it, it, it looked like something was turning off and on the camera. And so I said... I, I don't think it's paranormal. What I think is happening is this. And if you change the angle of the night vision video camera or take down the mirrors, I think your activity will stop. And he did. And it, the activity stopped. So if we can find explanations like that, then we're very much going to to put that out there and, and recommend those changes or say, you know, we can explain this, quote unquote, paranormal activity away. But when we go into a location like, for example, the Exchange Hotel in Gordonsville, Virginia, that was a civil war hospital and when we go in there and I have a, a group of five female investigators and I know that there's no men on the property and I know that there's no children on the property, yet I'm capturing male voices during the night and I'm capturing children's voices during the night. Those are things I can't explain. And so that's what we put forth when we put forth our videos. What do you think is going on? Or yeah, So let's say in this particular mm -hmm. case, 
do you th what do you think is going on when you pick up those uh those voices do you think that um well i guess it depends on the backstory mm -hmm. but in this case it would it be some you know uh you know some civil war um you know veterans speaking out to uh, the people in the area, or what do you think it was in this case? In the case of the Exchange Hotel, I, I believe the gentleman, based on what he said, okay, so let me just set it into into context for you. So again, we've got this this three-story building. It used to be a hotel before the Civil War, and then during the Civil War, it was transformed into a field hospital. So they were seeing both Union and Confederate soldiers, and there's over 700 verified deaths that happened in that hotel when it was a hotel. So when you go in now, it's set up as a museum, so half of the rooms are set up like um, a Civil War triage rooms, and then the other half is set up like hotels, uh, a hotel room. Mm -hmm. So in in this particular instance, we had a night, or, um, a, well, I had a night vision video camera in the room, but I also had a voice recorder sitting on the bed. Again, that would have been a hotel room bed. And so we had left the building. We were actually there was three of us downstairs, um, outside, and then um, there was actually two on the second floor, and this was on the third floor. And um, during that time, we captured a male's voice saying, I don't know, I'll be back at 430. And to me, that almost sounded like a, it would, in my mind, when, when I heard it, I thought it sounded like a doctor saying, I'll come back and look at this at 430. Um, so I, I think that was something that was said during that time. Um, and so I, that's what I believe what we were hearing there. Um, that same voice recorder a couple hours later, again, we weren't in the building at this time. Um, a child's voice came over and it said, hi, this is my bed. And that was extremely compelling for two reasons. One, it was a child. And again, there's no children anywhere on this property. And two, it was speaking directly to the voice recorder. So I think it actually saw the voice recorder and it's saying, you're on my bed. This is my bed. So that was extremely compelling to us. And there, there, there are reports of a child, um, the spirit of a child residing in that uh, in the Exchange Hotel. His name is Jeremiah. And I believe we captured his voice that night. And so those are the two um, entities that I feel we connected with at that particular location. Wow. So, so do, what do you believe that ghosts are? Is it we, we leave something behind when, um, you know, we pass on or, or what do you think it well, is? The, the spirits that we're trying to communicate with in these locations, I firmly believe were at some point human. They had a human existence and they are willing to let us hear them to tell their story. And so if you'll watch any of our videos, the common theme throughout our investigations is we routinely say, will you allow us to tell your story? Can we tell your story? Because that's legitimately what we want to do if any entity wants, wants to speak with us. So I actually believe that there's three reasons why um, a spirit would remain. Um, and I'll just put this forward. I am a Christian, so I believe that there is an afterlife. And I'm uh, so I'll call that realm heaven. Um, so I believe that, um, you know, we, we will go to that place after we die. But in some instances, we're allowed to stay behind for several reasons. The first one is, um, I, I believe that you do have unfinished business. I, I know we hear that in, in popular television shows in, in Hollywood, but I do believe that is a legitimate reason that some of these these spirits are staying behind. There's something that needs to be fulfilled. And when that happens, they will ascend to the next level. Um, the second one is that they're stuck. 
and for some reason they know they're dead, but for some reason they can't find the way to ascend to whatever's next. Uh, an example of that is we were at Hales Bar Dam in Tennessee, and we were um, this, the the dam it, it, it spans this river, and but underneath it there's a series of tunnels that goes from one side of the river to the next, and children would use that those tunnels to get to school. And in the 1960s it was an accident, and a couple of children were killed. And so when we were there investigating a couple of years ago, um, we asked the question, why are you still here? Why haven't you moved on? And we captured a child's voice saying, I can't, I'm stuck. So for some reason, I believe he, he knows he's dead, but he can't ascend to whatever's next. And then the third reason is I believe that um, the spirits are afraid, some spirits are afraid of what happens next because of what, how they live their life, they're afraid of retribution or punishment in the next realm. Um, I think those spirits that we're connecting with in prisons uh, and insane asylums and jails are those type of spirits. They're, they're staying behind in those facilities because they're comfortable there and they'd rather just stay here earthbound, if you will, rather than um, facing any type of punishment or retribution for how they live their life. Mm-hmm. So I'll definitely keep that in mind. I do you think that there's any do you think that there's any way that I could if I wanted to learn how to like let's say someone I didn't mm -hmm. like them and uh, how do you think I could go about making sure that I'll be able to watch them? <laughs> you know, I have no idea on how that works. Um uh that's an interesting question nobody's ever asked me that before. Um I, you know, if, if you're if you're allowed to stay here after you pass, then I I, I guess just track them down somehow. Um, <laughs> it wouldn't be a uh, it would I wouldn't do anything too bad. Just like uh, I feel like minor inconvenience. Yeah, just slamming doors or you know popping up in mirrors or something like that. It, mo moving yeah, their it, keys. There around, you go. <laughs> you know. There exactly. you go. Uh, that's awesome. Was there was there anything in your life like before? Um, that night in the state penitentiary, but was there anything in your life that uh, sort of um, made you want to explore this more, or get interested in this? Were there any like experiences with the paranormal that you had, like in your childhood? We or had anything? a couple instances. Um, my sisters and I uh, had a few things happen, just just little things that we would attribute to either uh, you know ghosts or angels. Um, for example, in 1995, my parents built a new house. And um, the the land that they built it on, it, it, it did have a Native American background. And also, um, it was it was part of a large plantation in, in Central Florida. Um, and uh, the woman who owned it prior to them, when she passed, she had no kids. So she willed it to the Shriners and, and my parents purchased it from the Shriners. Um, but it was a large parcel of land. So they actually ended up building their house in 1995. And um, so even though nobody died in the house, there was still that presence on the land itself so there's a parlor in the in the house and um my my dad plays the piano i mean not he's not a pianist but he, he he tinkers around on the on the piano every now and then and one of the songs that he plays is amazing grace and the first time that he played it um, the room filled up with like this mist and it didn't go past the threshold of the door. It stayed right in the room. Um, and it, it was like a, a floral smell, which was extremely interesting. And every time he plays um, Amazing Grace, for some reason, you just kind of get this, hey, the room just kind of looks hazy and you have that floral smell. Um, so things like that. Um, and it wasn't all the time. Um, but then also my sisters and I would watch those popular television shows or those movies about parents 
paranormal investigators. And we always said to ourselves, you know, why didn't they ask these questions? Why didn't they tell us what this was about? Or why didn't they research this further and let us know what, what, what they're talking about? So we said to ourselves, if we ever get the opportunity to go on a paranormal investigation, we would jump at that chance. And that just happened to come in 2013. That's awesome. And that's, that's great that you've kept going with it. Do you think that it's uh, strengthened your relationships at all? Oh, my sisters them? are my best friends and they always have been. I mean, my one sister is my twin sister. So we've always had a very close connection. Um, my, my family, my whole family is just extremely close. I mean, even, you know, my aunts and uncles and cousins, uh, you know, we, we talk a couple times a week or, or email and, and really keep up with our lives. Um, so we've always been extremely close, but this is just a unique thing that we can do. Um, that's this, a little bit different than, than most sister trips, you know, um, you know, some people go to the beach or, you know, they go have uh, drinks at Disney or something like that, but we wanted something a little bit unique, a little bit more us. And uh, so when, when we decided on paranormal investigations, it really kind of, um, it, it's just an amazing experience. You know, we, I get to go to these places that are extremely historical and, and we get to have that, that tactile experience with history. You know, I, I, I get to go into a civil war hospital and I'm walking on those hardwood floors that civil war soldiers walked on, or I'm in Fort Mifflin in Philadelphia and I can put my hands on bricks that were laid by revolutionary war um, patriots. And, and to, to have those experiences with my sisters is, is just awesome to me. And, and, and that's, that's really why we do this to have those experiences. And then when, we can couple that with some unexplained paranormal evidence that is just the bonus. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it must be great. And I, I love it personally. I think that that's like uh, sort of the show is based around that idea that you can have these like um, interests that, you know, may seem niche, but you can always find people that are also mm -hmm. interested in them. And, you know, there's always communities around them. So can you can you speak to that a little bit? You mentioned that there's a little sub community of, um, you know, in this paranormal mm -hmm. space. Have you met anybody else or, you know, have you made new relationships or has that opened any doors? Oh, absolutely. That and that's a fantastic question. You know, when we first started this, uh, you know, you 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 kind of put some stuff out there. And it, this was never really designed um, to be anything really grandiose for us. You know, um, I, I really started putting together our videos because my aunts and uncles were like, what does it look like? What, what was it like when you went in there? You know, what did you do? And so I really just put together the first one to show them. And they said, well, why don't you put this on YouTube? And so I did. And we started to gain a little bit of an audience base. So we just continued in that vein. And it has really grown beyond my expectations or anything that I would ever dream of um, with regard to what we're doing. Um, but when you start putting that out there, you get people that contact you and they say, well, I'm in this group or, or you know, I'm in Ohio and, and my my sisters are doing the same thing or, you know, I've got a group down here in South Florida. Can we collaborate and stuff? So there really is, a, it's a larger community than most people realize. Um, it, it's just those group of people that are one, extremely fascinated with history and then extremely fascinated with the paranormal. And um, so we have collaborated with other teams. Um, my, my, my best friend, uh, you know, I met her a year and a half ago and we've really clicked and um, she's uh, she has her own uh, uh, web series called Ghost Biker Explorations. And she and I have collaborated on several investigations. So she has really become my best friend. And, um, you know, those are the kind of, of things that have really um, have been, you know, an amazing bonus that has come out of this experience for me. Um, but to answer your question, yes, you, you know, we've, we've met 
other groups, we've met other people, you know, we've, we've been asked to speak at symposiums and, and conferences about what we do. And that just has really opened some, some different doors for us with regard to meeting these people. And it really is just a fascinating um, culture to be involved with and, and something that we really relish right now. That's awesome. I, I, I kind of feel like I'm in a similar situation. I actually am in this, uh, I'm into this mm -hmm. somewhat niche thing. Um, I'm, I'm very interested in, um, oh. in Bitcoin and my, my, my friends will joke. They'll say, you always bring the conversation back to Bitcoin. They knew I was going to find a way to talk <laughs> about it on this episode. Um, but yeah, no, I just feel the same way. I was able to meet a bunch of people that were also interested uh, in it. And you would just never, you would never realize that there are so many people out there that share interests with you and are so open to, you know, sharing their experiences and giving, giving you tips on, you know, what they're, what they know about. And, you know, it is, it is just a, it, it a really cool is. Feeling. And, you know, you, you, you bounce ideas off of people and, and, you know, some of the equipment we use is, is equipment that I've, I've seen other investigators use with success. And, you know, and we have different techniques and styles, but when we talk about it, we, we really kind of open our minds a little bit. Um, you know, one of the interesting things about this, this community and, and really what we do is there are no experts. So I will never call myself a paranormal expert because I don't think anything, I don't think that that title can exist in what we do because until we die, we're never going to know what is actually going on. So I can tell you theories. I can tell you that I've got some um, unexplained things that, that I'm not sure where they're emanating from. Um, but I, I don't think anybody can say that they're an expert in this. And that's, what's really kind of neat about this because, you know, I can, go to Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary tomorrow night and set out this equipment and capture these things, but somebody else can go the next night, set out the exact same equipment and capture different things or nothing at all. And so, you know, that that's where all the, the, the theories come in. That's where, <clears throat> excuse me, the hypothesis come in. Um, so it really is an interesting field just in that respect. But, um, you know, the, the people that we've met, as I said before, have been people that are really in it for what I consider the right reasons. And that is first and foremost, the historical preservation of the locations that we're going to and then coupling that with some some very cool paranormal um, unexplained evidence sure you'll have those people that are in it for fame and glory um, you know you have those people out there that are on the television shows and they need that sensationalism they need to build that audience based on sensationalism but that's really not what we do and those that I've connected with that's not what they do either and so that's the those are the teams that I really appreciate Mm -hmm. Yeah, w w there are some people out there that definitely where you can tell, I mean, um, they sort of go into it with a story that they're trying to push. What, and I feel like that gives a, you know, that can give the, mm -hmm. the whole scene a bad name. What do you say to the, uh, the haters? Because there's always haters out there that are probably going to say that it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not real or, you know, whatever they Honestly, might say. Honestly, what, do you say to what I say to them is that's fine. If, if you don't believe it, that is not what I'm trying to do. I am not trying to convince anybody that what I'm putting out there is the end all be all. Um, it's like trying to convince somebody that my religion is correct. I'm not going to do that. Um, what I'm doing is putting together first a very cool historical narrative of the location that we've gone to. I will tell you the equipment that we set up and, and how we controlled for those environmental factors that I mentioned. <clears throat> And then lay out a case of these things happened on this night and I cannot explain that. Now, if somebody wants to come to me and say, hey, I think it's this or that, 
I will absolutely love to have that dialogue because again, I don't want to put out anything that, uh, that, you know, can be explained. And so if we can come up with an explanation, that's fantastic. Um, so the, I, I, we've faced our share of criticism and skeptics and cynics, and again, that's fine. Um, or people that really don't like our investigation style. Again, that is absolutely fine. Everybody has the opportunity to go to a different YouTube channel to, to go find a team um, that they want to watch and the style that they want to watch and and god bless you for doing that um but you know this is this is kind of what we've done is our investigation style works for us uh and we've we've got a really cool faithful audience base because of that and and um you know again if it's something that you don't want to watch or believe in uh, that's absolutely fine with me 100 mm -hmm. i think that's the best way to to just think about it you know just uh mm -hmm. you already have the audience base um you know, they, they like what you're doing. So, um, don't worry yeah. about what other people say. I did want to, I, I did want to ask you a little bit about, um, you know, you talked a little bit about the investigation mm -hmm. style and the equipment. Um, could you just tell me a little bit about like what, what that entails? Like when you're going to a site, you had mentioned, you know, a little bit about, mm -hmm. um, cameras and recording sounds and things like that. But when, when you go to a site, like, what is it, uh, you know, what sort of techniques are you using? You know, what are you really trying to probe for? What's going through your mind when you're like, uh, okay. So for example, process? we'll go back to Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. And this is a, a, this was a former maximum security prison in Petros, Tennessee. It closed in 2009. And so really the worst of the worst offenders were housed in this location. So when we, when we go to investigate someplace like that, the first thing that we do, we always do is we take a day tour. Um, we do that for a couple of reasons. The first thing is we want to, again, in the day, we want to see it in the daylight and look for, again, those environmental factors that I mentioned. You know, if we've got windows here, is there a street light that's going to come through? Is, you know, what, again, what is the airplane traffic like, train traffic, uh, car traffic, um, dogs in the neighborhood, anything like that, we, we look around and we make sure that we can control for those. And then what we also do is we look for places that we want to leave our stationary equipment. So um, we have 20 night vision video cameras and we have 10 voice recorders. So we will leave them in different parts of of the campus, for example, um, we'll leave. So for Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary, we'll leave one in cell block A, one in cell block B, a couple in cell block C. So even though we won't, we're not there at a particular moment in time during the night, we still have coverage, both audio and visual of that, <clears throat> of that area. So we look for those where we're going to put that in the daytime. And so we, so when we come back the night of, we're not wasting time looking for those locations. So um, again, we take copious notes. We look for those locations and then we really strategize our investigation what the investigation is going to look like the night we go in <clears throat> so then we'll come back that night and we will divvy up the equipment and so I'll take some and I say okay I'm going to go to cell block A and I'll put out the equipment and then Jenny will go to cell block B Kim will go, go to cell block C and we'll set up all of that stationary equipment then we'll reconvene and we will start the investigation so it could be we all five go to a location at one time and do what we call an EVP session or two of us will go somewhere or sometimes one of us will go into a cell block and sit and see if we can we can uh, get any type of responses from what we're doing. Um, so basically, we'll ju we just go around the entire location during the night conducting those EVP sessions. And EVP stands for Electronic Voice Phenomena. And it's essentially those audio and visual recordings that we capture during the investigation. 
<clears throat> so, um, you know, we'll go into like, say the cafeteria at Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary and we'll sit there and we will ask questions. Essentially, we're talking into the dark and saying, you know, are you here? Can you give us a sign? Um, uh, Jet Jack, or one of the guys there, his name was Jet, you know, Jet, are you here? Henry, are you here? Can you communicate with us? And so we always have voice recorders going as well because, you know, to capture those, those noises or those voices that we don't hear in the moment. And then we also have handheld equipment. Um, we have things like uh, K2 meters. And the, these are pieces of handheld equipment that are designed to measure electromagnetic energy or electricity. So when we go into a location and I know that there's no power on or no electricity in that area, yet we're getting spikes on these things designed to measure electricity, that to me is extremely compelling. So we have that. Um, we have what we call a REM pod, and that also measures electromagnetic energy, but it also gives an audible alarm. So if we set it in the middle of the room, theoretically it should not, and, and there's no power, theoretically this should never go off. So when we're standing there and something acts upon it to make it alarm, Again, that to me is extremely compelling. Um, we have a device called the Spirit Box, which is a small AM/FM radio. It fits in about it fits in the palm of my hand, um, and it's a small AM/FM radio that's been designed to sweep very rapidly through frequencies. So when I turn it on, it sounds like as it's running through all of these frequencies at a, at a high rate of speed. So theoretically, I should not hear a phrase come through that Spirit Box because it's going so fast through frequencies. So when the, the idea is that spirits can use the white noise to communicate with us. So when I hear a phrase come through there, uh, again, that's extremely compelling. Um, we take trigger items, what we call trigger items. So if we're going into Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary, we'll take things like water, cigarettes, cigars. Um, we've taken whiskey in. Um, those things that are designed to elicit a response if we can get them. Um, so we're very big on trigger items. And then after the investigation, we collect all of our equipment and we watch every piece of video footage that we captured and listen to every piece of audio footage that we captured. So, you know, if I've got 10 voice recorders running for 10 hours, I'm listening to all of that audio to see if we captured anything during the night. Um, and then we will take that, anything compelling that we find, um, we'll put together that historical narrative um, and then we produce the video of the investigation. <laughs> that must be a lot to go through. Uh, I I record like hour long episodes <laughs> and and it's a lot of editing <laughs> in in my book so um you know th definitely a lot of respect it's it's clear that you know you and your your sisters are passionate about yeah, this. Yeah, thank you. So it, it really is. It, awesome. it, but it's one of those things that I feel if we don't go through it, then it's, it's doing us a disservice for having gone to the investigation in the first place. Uh, you know, if we're going to commit to this, that's how I feel we, we we need to conduct the investigation is is to really go through all of that footage. Um, now, mm -hmm. there are some teams out there that when they do their investigations, <clears throat> excuse me, they will just do a YouTube live or a Facebook live and walk into a location and walk through and, and are there for two or three hours. And that's their investigation style. And that's fine. You know, I'm not going to disparage any team that does that, but I feel it loses something. I feel you're losing the historical aspect. And then I feel like you're, you're losing the opportunity to listen to, to audio and listen to video. Um, so it, this is just the style that we've come up with. Um, and again, we have an audience base that 
enjoys that, but it is, it's very laborious and, and it usually takes us about a month and a half to two months from investigation to actually getting the video released. Um, and, and so that's, that's, that's the trade-off. There's no instant gratification for our audience when they know we're going to a location they know they're going to have to wait a, a, a fair amount of time before we can release the findings from that investigation. Well, I'm sure that, you know, there's nice buildup <laughs> for them with anticipating it and everything. So uh, I'm, I'm sure it works out. So um, I did have a few uh, just like sort sure. of, I guess I wouldn't call them rapid fire questions. We can take them at whatever speed, but um, yeah. So, what is the uh, what's the most, the most haunted, haunted? I would say is the old Gilcrest County Jail, and that's in Trenton, Florida, which is about an hour's west of Gainesville. Um, <clears throat> it's a small. It was a small county jail. Uh, it has four cells on the. It's two stories. It has four cells on the bottom, and then four cells on the top. And it was in operation from uh, 1928 to 1968. And that the I've investigated there a couple of times, but the first time I investigated. It was with a, 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 I collaborated with my friend Miranda from Ghost Biker Explorations, and she and I were the only two people on the property. And I, I would call it the most pure investigation in the fact that every piece of equipment that we had that night was alarming and verifying every other piece of equipment that we had set out. And so, and, and that's very rare in what we do. So, um, that to me is is probably the most active with unexplainable paranormal evidence. Um, it would be the old Gilcrest County Jail. Mm -hmm. uh i would say startled um a lot of you know when we go into these locations and you hear a door slam or you hear a guy standing behind you and you know there's no man in the on the property you do get startled um we've never had a location where we run out screaming that that's really not our style that's not what we do um honestly mm -hmm. i'm more scared of humans living than i am of the dead um and so <laughs> so i i, <laughs> I will yeah. i will uh, say I, that that location the old gilcrest <laughs> county jail is the one location where, um, you know, I, I always have a handgun on me. I, I'm, I have a, my concealed carry permit, so I always have my handgun on me. And, and that was one area where I was very glad that we had our guns with us that night because it's just, it's not in the best of neighborhoods. So um, <clears throat> it, after it closed in 1968, um, it was used as a, uh, a location where drug deals would go down. Um, so that's the kind of area that we're talking about. So, um, you know, in that instance, I, I wasn't, I wasn't scared of the paranormal. Um, we were a little, uh, just heads up of, because of the, the surrounding location on that one. Um, but, uh, no, I've, ne I've never been really scared of anything paranormal. Yeah. I, I, I feel like, um, I can definitely agree with, I, I'm more scared of, <laughs> uh, just regular mm -hmm. humans than the paranormal. Um, but that's that's a whole other conversation. Um, so, is there anywhere that's like super haunted? That yes, you want my to go my bucket to list. Somewhere? My bucket list. It is pretty long. Um, the one place that I would love to get to is Leap Castle in Ireland. That's been on my bucket list for a while. Um, so, once we start going international, that is probably the first place that we will go on our international list. Um, I, I still want to get out to the Queen Mary. We have not done that yet. That's in California. Um, so that's one location that I, I do want to investigate. So uh, th those are, those are the two um, that are very high on my bucket list right now awesome i saw that you had actually visited so most most of my mm -hmm. listeners are probably going to okay. be from massachusetts because that's where i'm from i saw that you yes. uh, had visited the uh, lizzie borden house 
in yeah. Fall River. Um, mm -hmm. That one's pretty famous, at least around here. Um, that experience was, was fantastic. Uh, how was that one? Uh, you know, the Lizzie Borden house is, is one of those that if, if you're a paranormal investigator, it is pretty high on a bucket list. So, uh, and it is extremely difficult to get into because it is an active bed and breakfast. So um, to, to get the entire house to yourself um, or to your team, um, it, it does take a bit of uh, finagling and, and really a lot of scheduling um, uh, God luck and all that other stuff. So um, we, uh, we, we were able to get the entire, house last November um, after about a year of waiting. So it was uh, myself, my twin sister, my younger sister, Cara, and then again, Miranda from Ghost Biker Explorations joined us on that one. And uh, it was fantastic. It, again, to walk into that house and know that you're walking on the floors that, that Lizzie Borden walked on and touching the doorknobs and, you know, just being in those rooms, you know, sitting on the floor where Abby Borden bled out and, and bled to death. It's one of those places that is just like, okay, wow, we're here. Here. Um, and so we, we again went through the steps of, of the investigation process, like I mentioned before. And once when we started doing our, our actual investigation for the night, we were audibly hearing children's voices. Um, when we were down on the second floor, we were hearing footsteps above us on the third floor, even though there's nobody else in the house. Um, once we reviewed the evidence, we actually um, captured some men's voice, some um, a male's voice several times during the night while we were doing our investigation. Um, for example, there was one instance where Jenny and Michelle were in the parlor room that was situated just beside the room where Andrew Borden was killed. And they were just kind of talking to themselves kind of in hushed tones. And you hear a male's voice captured on the voice recorder. It says, I'm standing right here beside you. Um, again, extremely compelling. I have no explanation as to why, um, uh, you know, that that male's voice was captured on our voice recorder. So it's very unexplainable and compelling to me. That's that's definitely, uh, you know, it's definitely interesting. I'm trying to rack my brain right now thinking about what it might be. But, um, you know. That's why it's paranormal. <laughs> exactly, just, uh, exactly. So. You know, also we were up in uh, up in the room that the the maid Bridget uh, stayed in when when she was there in the house, and so we were doing a uh, again an EVP session, and we had those K two meters out, and uh, Miranda had put down another one and said, "Here, here's one more." And from outside the door, we were all inside the room with the door shut. From outside the door, a man said, ignore it. And we all heard it. All of us in the room heard it. And we captured it on every piece of audio recording up there. Um, so that was extremely compelling as well. And so so when we capture those, those things, to us, it's just... It's that really, you know, it gets the adrenaline going and it, it's just one of those just amazing experiences. It, yeah, it 100%. Is. That must be like catching the fish, you know, if mm -hmm. you're exactly. That's awesome. Um, where do you think? So you're, you've been all over the U.S. Where do you think like the most haunted area? I, I really believe that the, the Northeast um, really has some very legitimate locations that have paranormal evidence and paranormal activity. And I think that's because of the, the historical nature of it. Um, Boston, Philadelphia, New York, um, Massachusetts, all of those, those things that, that have a, a, those locations that have a very rich historical background. Um, Salem, extremely, extremely haunted. Um, mm -hmm. uh, coming down the Eastern seaboard, uh, Charleston, um, Savannah, all of those that, that have longevity more, 
more so than than some of the locations out west. Um, so I would consider the northeast probably the the area that is is the most rich in uh, unexplainable evidence. <laughs> well, I'll, I got some work to do then. So, you know, I'm I'm situated up there, so uh, I actually went to an old. Um, an old, it was an old hospital or like a, something like that. I forget what town it was in, but you know, mm -hmm. nothing paranormal was going on, but I was still <laughs> absolutely terrified. Uh, you know, so I definitely couldn't, uh, I definitely couldn't do this. So I have a lot of, uh, a lot of respect. I'd probably scare <laughs> the ghosts away, just like screaming at the top of my lungs. So, um, I'm not cut out oh, for it, you. but I think it's cool that, uh, that you're doing it. I have two, uh, no, no worries. I have, I have two more questions. One is sort of a, a little, a little change of pace. And then mm -hmm. the other one is one that I actually ask every guest. Um, so not, not necessarily re related, but I think that um, you'll probably have a good answer. So uh, the first one, I just am interested to hear. Um, I do. I do, do believe, believe in aliens. aliens? Um, I, I just think that it would be extremely naive for us to think that in the entire scope of the universe, um, that we're the only living things, um, the only the only things that are out there. Um, so I do, I do believe in aliens. Yes. Do you think that maybe some some things that people might think are uh, ghosts could be? It's possible, aliens um, and, vice I, and versa? there are a lot of people that do believe in that theory. Um, for me, the evidence that we've captured, uh, it, it a lot of it is verified at least to the extent that we can through our historical research. Um, so I, I, like I said before, I think that what we're communicating with my team personally are those things that had a human experience um, and, and were human at, at one point. Um, so I don't think we've ever in, in, in encountered anything that is alien, but I do know that there's a lot of paranormal investigators that do have that theory out there that what we're dealing with or what we're, we're attempting to find or communicate with um, are beings from another planet. So it, it's absolutely possible. I just don't, in, in my mind, think we've experienced it yet as my team. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Definitely interesting to think about, though. Um, so, my, so my final question is, um, I, basically, this show, Poking Life, it's all about, um, you know, doing whatever, you, you know, you're called to in life, sort of like with what you're doing, how you have, you know, your interesting passion around, um, you know, this paranormal group. Um, that's sort of what the show is all about. So one thing I do ask for is um, just a little piece of like mm -hmm. basic life advice from everybody that's on the show, just so everybody can, uh, uh, you know, sure. get something from listening to an episode. Um, mm -hmm. Can be related to the paranormal, can not be, whatever you want. Just if you could give any uh, any little piece of advice to, um, to the people that are listening, just because I think it is really cool what you're doing, going out there, creating your own thing, putting it out to the world. Um, and just, you know, um, doing what, yeah. doing what, uh, what life calls you to do. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I guess my advice your, would be, um, you know, I know it sounds cliche, but you really go out and live your passion. Um, you know, it, it, life is short. If, if this has taught me anything, it is that while I believe that there's something else after this, there are still those that want to tell their story about their human experience. So have a story, uh, go out there and live your passion and, and, and make it your story. Um, so, you know, in a hundred 
100 years when there's another paranormal investigator um, who wants to communicate with you, you can tell that story. So if, if you're just living life on the sidelines, it's, it's really doing a disservice to you and your human existence. So go out and live life and, and enjoy it and have fun because life is meant to be lived. I love that. I love the way you put it too. Um, have a story. You know, I, I haven't heard it put well, that way. That's awesome. I, well, I thank you. Yeah, we're having fun with it. And I sure. think you're doing that. So awesome. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for, you know, taking the time to chat with me. I really do appreciate it. It has got me even more inspired to, uh, to get out there during this spooky season. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll take a trip back to that, uh, to that hospital. I'll have to look up where it was, but, uh, maybe, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know and you know, goes, if we're ever if up in your neck place. of the woods again, and, and you'd like to go on a, an investigation with us, you are always welcome. That would be, that would be awesome. So once all this, you know, Corona mm -hmm. stuff is, you know, in the rearview mirror and, uh, and we end up, um, you know, if you find yourself in Massachusetts, definitely we'll have to keep in touch. Perfect. I would love all right, to, we'll make that happen. Eddie. I would love to come. That'd be awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much, Chris. Really do appreciate Thank you. it. Have a great and, night. Um, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks again. And that is a wrap. Thank you, everyone, for joining me on this Halloween edition of Poking Life. And thank you for Chris for joining me for the conversation. Thought it was really fun. And, you know, maybe now I am a more of a believer. So... Uh, really do appreciate you taking the time. Uh, thanks everyone again for listening. If you want to learn more about Chris's group of paranormal investigators, you can find some more information at soulsistersparanormal.com. That is soulsistersparanormal.com. Thanks again, everyone. See you next time.